0: Welcome to the Made New podcast. I am one of your co hosts, Myra. And I'm Candace. And we are so glad that you are joining us today. We are walking through a series on gospel identity and truths about us when we are in Christ. So, we have already discussed what it means that we are made new in Christ. We've talked about being forgiven in Christ. And today, we get to talk about what it means that we are adopted. By God and welcomed into his family. So we're so glad that you're joining us for this episode on the identity truth that we are adopted. Today's anchor verses are going to be found in Romans 8, 14 through 16. And they say, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god and candice we are so excited to talk about this topic and we've had wonderful discussions mm-hmm. together in planning and just the truth that this is real yeah. this is our reality right now today because of jesus we are adopted into god's family and it's just it's incredible We've also talked about how much truth there is just in this eighth chapter of Romans alone, let alone the entire letter. Um, So it's really difficult to decide what to talk about and where to dive in. But just to kick us off and get the conversation rolling, this first verse, 14, says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We have to understand that preceding our adoption and our identity as children being given to us, what happens first is that we receive the spirit of God so that we can be led Mm -hmm. by the spirit of God. And that work is rooted in, connected to what we've already talked about, about regeneration, Mm -hmm. that to be made new, we have to have that heart change happen inside of us. All by God's grace, through yeah. His Spirit, through faith in Christ alone and His work alone, so that connects to what we've already talked about about being made new and being forgiven, mm-hmm. and all of this is not because of us right. or dependent on us, and that's such a good thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: it sure is. Um, yeah, it's such a good reminder. Why are we adopted? And it isn't because I'm worthy. I deserve it. I'm just so gosh darn lovable. You know that's <laughs> yeah. that's not the case. Neither is it that God was obligated and got stuck with me. You know, like I'm the last kid in the dodgeball line. It's like I guess I'll take Candace. You know, that's not true either. Yeah. Um. And neither is God needy and lonely and if I, I feeling a void. So true. Like none of those are true. Mm-hmm. What is true is that God chose to adopt us. And I love how Paul. In Ephesians 1, just couples so well with this Romans 8 passage, talks about that. He says in verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. And then listen to the beginning of this verse 5. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. Mm. It was in love that he chose to adopt us to be part of his family, and it brought him pleasure. And he did it in love. It was an outpouring of his grace mm. and his love that we get to be adopted.
0: So it's anchored in who he is. Yeah, And that's what we've talked about before is that we don't want to jump in on just what do we need to do. Right. And so often as Christians, we notice things in our life and we want to fix that. It's Like we want to cut off the bad fruit and staple good fruit onto the tree, but God wants to totally get down to the heart roots mm. and, and change us. And it starts with who He is, and what He's done in Christ, and then who we are because of that reality. That section in Ephesians just perfectly highlights that it is rooted, it comes from who God is and what He chooses to do. So going back to our section in Romans 8, we see that we are led by the Spirit of God, and that identifies us as children of God. And then he goes on in verse 15 to say, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. And then I'm going to pause there for a second, because we see such a clear cut distinction between this, you know, option A, spirit of slavery, and what comes with it, fear, or option B, the spirit of adoption Mm -hmm. and what comes with it is the ability to what goes, what he continues to talk about is cry Abba father. And we're going to get there in a second, but just this distinction alone reminds me of so many other places in scripture where we see the old and the new, Mm -hmm. the old life slave to sin driven by our passions and the fruit that grows from that or the new life in Christ And the fruit that grows from the spirit, which are all those things that we want. Mm -hmm. But so often we want to make that fruit grow on our own. We want it to grow through self-effort and enough willpower. And what we're seeing is, no, it is by the spirit. And here, a clear identity marker that is amazing that we're talking about today is we have received the spirit of adoption. Received. Not earned. Not grown, not crafted on our own, received from God, the spirit of adoption as sons. And so that changes everything about how we operate and how we think about God. Yeah. We are no longer enemies. He is no longer storing up wrath for us. That has been completely poured out on Jesus on the cross. Mm. And we are now free from fear, fear of condemnation. That's why Paul starts this whole chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to fear. Oh, let me it's jump wrath.
1: because I'm just like in my head is screaming First John 4, First John 4, <laughs> when it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And here God is saying, I mean, I'm the sovereign God of the world. You could have been slaves, but that's not what I did here. Mm -hmm. I adopted you as sons at a great cost, mind you, at the cost of my son and his death and resurrection. But now you don't have to fear. Yes. And I'm not just even keeping you as a distance. I'm going to be a father, an Abba father, which we'll talk about in a minute, that draws you near. Yes. Yes.
0: And gives you my spirit. Heals yes. you with my spirit. I'm going to be so near that my spirit literally lives within you and does very specific things. Like we see where it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, but I'm jumping ahead. So tell us your thoughts, Candice, about this ability that we have because of the work that God has done, because we are adopted, because we, are, we receive the spirit of adoption and not slavery, not fear. We get to cry, Abba Father. Mm. What's that about?
1: I was thinking, first of all, the cry out part. Mm. I think of a kid. I think of a kid when they're needy mm-hmm. and they're just like, I need help, you know? Mm-hmm. And right there, that's already a little push against my natural default, which is I don't need help. I can do this on my own. Okay. And so for us to cry out, there's a humility. And then who are we crying out to? An Abba Father. And Abba, if you don't know, is, is a term of, close relational. It's like daddy, you know, you have a a close relationship. So Paul is saying we have this available. We can call our father Abba or daddy. That Abba has such a personal relational closeness. Just an example of this week, my kids and I were reading through a social media thing where, you know, you can ask your kids questions about yourself and see what they answer. And they're (laughs) often funny, you know, like how old are you mom? 52. Not really, you know things like that. And so one of the questions was, what do I say a lot? Which, you know, I'm kind of like, oh man, I hope it's not like go to your room or something, you know, but they said pumpkin. And I laughed because pumpkin, pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin, and it's true. It is my term of endearment for my kids and close friends, especially when they're struggling. Mm. So I'm like, oh buddy, you, you know, stubbed your toe pumpkin. I'm so sorry. Or, one of my kids comes home from school and they're telling me something hard or difficult that happened, and I can say, "Oh, pumpkin," but it's reserved for people close to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not at the grocery store checking out, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, here's my credit card, pumpkin." You know, <laughs> and so this is the same idea here. This Abba Father that we're crying out to, we have the availability, Paul says, to call him that. But then my question, as I read it, was like, "Do." I want to call him that. Mm. Do I have that relational closeness that I'm willing to even desire to call him daddy? Mm. And I I was talking with a friend about other relationships, but it totally ties in with our relationship with the Lord. And we're saying that when we want to grow closer to someone, there are some key ingredients that are involved. And one of those is time spent together. Mm. And when I'm thinking about wanting to grow in a relational closeness with the Lord, this isn't just going to church, like time spent together is me talking and praying about the big things and the small things in my life mm-hmm. it is asking him what he thinks about things. My favorite question I ask him probably every day I'm like, what do you think about this Lord mm-hmm. And then we have to create the space to hear from him you know and that comes primarily through his word so we should probably be in his word <laughs> yeah. you know a little bit um, but he also uses things like podcasts mm-hmm. and and books and friends and conversations yeah and then as we're interacting with him, with our heart, you know, with our dreams, with our emotions consistently. And then we see him answering mm. our prayers. We see him growing us and doing work in and Changing around us. us. Yeah. yeah. As that time spent together, we build trust. Yeah. And he is a trustworthy God. Yes. We will not be getting closer to him and find that he is distrustful. Right. He is steady and we can lean on him. And as we build that trust, it is an intimacy that we get to a point where we're like, yeah, I am happy to cry out, Abba, Father, you're my dad.
0: That's so good. That is so good. And understanding who he is, what he's like, how he Mm -hmm. feels towards us. That's so important to be able to cry out to him, to want to run to him. Yeah. You know, that idea of as we understand who he is and as we understand the gospel more and more, and exactly what you just described growing in that intimacy, we are going to want to run to him with our sin and say, Please help, mm-hmm. I did this rather than run and hide mm-hmm. in shame yeah. and feel like we need to fix ourselves. Right. We need to clean ourselves up before we go to him.
1: And not even just our sins, the good things too. Mm-hmm. I often am like, Oh mm-hmm. man, you know, of course, I want to text my husband real fast, but. I am slowly learning like, man, I want to thank God for this too, because we've been talking about this. I've literally talked about, you know, this thing in my quiet time with him or during the day with him. And then it happens and I'm like, God, I see you. You know, I say that (laughs) all the time. Like, God, I see you.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's so, it's so true. That's so good. And that absolutely will impact how we not only live in our one-on-one or vertical relationship with God, but also those outward relationships with others around us, Mm. those horizontal relationships in our lives, it will impact how we interact with others because we're operating out of the identity of adopted, child of God, accepted, I belong. Mm. And so this idea of belonging is so important.
1: It is huge it's huge. I want to touch on something really fast on this next section that also stood out to me that's going to tie into this exactly. I think that we are adopted, but we naturally don't just wake up and feel that truth. Yeah. And so I love this next verse in Romans 8:16. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, all through the beginning of Romans chapter eight. And actually even in the end of chapter seven, where we have, you know, Paul saying, man, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't do. Mm-hmm. You know, deliver me. He's in a battle. Deliver me from this body of death. And he says, oh, what a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then I'm not a slave to sin, but I am a slave to God, And now we have the spirit and he's, and then he says in Romans eight, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And he has this spirit that he has put within us, but there's still that battle, right? Mm-hmm. And he's exhorting us in the beginning of chapter eight. Hey, you do have this flesh nature, but you also have the spirit. And he's exhorting them to walk in step with the Spirit. Yes. Be controlled by the Spirit. Yeah. So then we get into this, what we're just reading today 14, 15, and 16. And 14, just like you said so well before, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So here we are again with the Spirit doing all of this work in us. And Paul just saying, just go with it, man. You know, just agree with it. And so here's this cool verse I think that God knew that we were going to struggle with this idea of adoption. Like my default is to think, eh, that's not how this world works. Uh, does this really matter? Is he really a good God that I want to adopt me? Mm-hmm. And I think that he knows that as those who are in Christ, that we need the deep reassurance in our own spirit mm-hmm. to be receiving that. And so he has the answer to the struggle. He He knows we're going to struggle in his grace, like a perfect father. He provides the answer to it with his own spirit doing the work. Yes. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm. I feel like that's so freeing for me because I do struggle with this. Mm -hmm. And I love when I read through passages and I'm like, I'm normal, you know? (laughs) And yet I also have an answer because God's provided it and it's the Spirit. And it's like the Spirit is going to testify that you are a child of God. And it reminds me of Romans 5 5, that God poured out his love in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And just when we struggle with things like adoption of a good father or does he really love me, it's going to be the Spirit who testifies or bears witness as your version says of what is actually true.
0: Absolutely. That's so important. And us being able to fall on him to rest in that work that the spirit is doing. He's provided that helper us to constantly remind us, and we forget all things. True, yeah, like yeah. I heard someone once call our hearts a gospel sieve. Like it just runs through it. We forget. Yeah. Um. God, so
1: I say spiritual amnesia all the time. <laughs>
0: yes. I feel like I had this
1: down, and then I just forget.
0: Yeah. And instead of feeling that self condemnation, we remember there is now no condemnation. Right. Now. Now, no condemnation. You belong for You're those here. who are in Christ Jesus. We do belong. We have the spirit and we can run to him and ask for help to remember and to believe, help me believe who you are rightly. Um, And so that idea of belonging, it changes our relationships with other people because we are free to find all that we were created to need in Christ Mm. himself. We're not putting that weight on other humans that weren't made to be able to. We are not asking
1: people to be Jesus in our lives. That's right. And therefore we can have a foundation of a healthy friendship and relationships because Jesus is our foundation. Yes. We're getting the things that he created us to be and need to be known, to be seen, to be loved. We're getting that from him. And therefore we can then have healthy relationships with other pouring it out, pouring his Love out through us to
0: them. That's right. So as we are free from the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of other people's opinions of us, Mm. as we walk in this spirit of adoption and feel freedom from those things more and more, it's not a one and done. Then we are free to interact with other image bearers the way that God said is profitable and good, mm. which is serving them, not using them for our own means, yeah. um, not walking around in so much self-focus because we are trying to find our worth and yeah. our identity and other people yeah. and their opinions of us. And we're free to take risks and reach out. Mm. And as we are rooted in our identity as adopted by God. And And
1: placed in a family.
0: Yes. Yes. Placed in a family, a spiritual family that he's given us. Then we can, like you said, reach out, extend that to other people.
1: Yeah. You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, man, all of this is so true. And yet I struggle with this. Um, Yeah. In my prayer journal this week, we had, we had a dinner at a family friend's house that we don't know very well. New friends. (laughs) And I really like them. And I left thinking, oh man, that went so well. And then the next day I had texted like, hey, you know, thanks a lot. And I didn't get an immediate text back. And I'll tell you what my mind immediately did. It started replaying every conversation that had happened the night before. Mm. And oh man, I can't believe I said that. That was so negative. Mm. Or maybe that, what if they took what I said this way, mm-hmm. all of the things, yes. you know, which which you know and I know gets us no place good, you know. Yeah. And then it often makes us have bad assumptions on their part. Oh, they must have thought this bad thing about me, which they may have never even noticed. Absolutely,
0: you know? man. Operating in those assumptions is so
1: easy to it do. So easy and to do. So not beneficial. No. <laughs> so as I'm walking through this with the Lord what it really comes down to is that I deeply want to belong and not just the best version of me, but the real me, all of me. And that God provided that he adopted me. And not only did he adopt me as a kind father, he also placed me in a community where I also belong.
0: Yes, Absolutely. So, when we're looking to other people to fulfill us and give us that worth and be our sense of belonging, what you're saying is God offers a much better way. Because when we are adopted, we not only get God as our father, but we get other Christians as our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And we all know that family isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. We have all experienced some level or another of brokenness in our earthly families because we're all innately sinful. And so we carry those ideas of what family is into this understanding of God adopting us and what it looks like to live out his gospel mission Mm. as the family of God. So it is his kindness that we not only get that beautiful Abba Father relationship with him, but we also are given a healthy, good picture of family. And even though we won't realize it fully this side of heaven, we won't do it perfectly this side of heaven, as his adopted children and as the spirit works in us, we will learn and grow in our ability to love one another as the family of God, relying on each other's unique gifts and being willing to stay at the table, so to speak, to stay in relationship when it gets hard, when we offend each other, when we hurt each other's feelings, which we will to be able to ask for and extend forgiveness, to be able to actually live out the grace that God has already lavished on us Mm -hmm. through Jesus and be able to display to the world around us something so different. Like when the Bible talks about the world will know you by your love for one another, it's going to stand out when we don't just cancel one another when it gets hard, Mm -hmm. when we actually are vulnerable enough to say, hey, that actually really hurt when this happened the other day because we are rooted in our identity Mm -hmm. as forgiven and made new and adopted. like We are secure so we can take that risk of vulnerability. And then because we are led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, when we're the person receiving that news, we can say, I'm genuinely so sorry. I was wrong. We can admit when we're wrong. We don't have to continue to to try and look like we're always right Mm -hmm. and justify ourselves because we've been justified by Christ. And so it totally impacts our relationships with others. For sure. So we are free, free from fear. Like we see here in Romans 8, we're free from joylessness. We get to experience the joy Mm -hmm. of others and the joy of being free from comparing ourselves to each other because we are rooted in our identity as adopted. And so that then helps us understand what this family actually looks like and functions like um, as we are all seated at God's table, like we see in Ephesians 2 and happens to be the theme of one of our favorite books, which you told me about, Candace, called Seated with Christ. Living Freely in a Culture of Comparison by Heather Holloman. Yes. So good.
1: Listeners, you will love this book. And I'm shocked that it took us into the fourth episode to bring it up because <laughs> it's, true. it's so good. Yes. And so one of the things that she talks about, basically this idea of seated with Christ, she gets from Ephesians 2, where it says, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. And so she puts forth this idea that we are sitting at this big round table, similar to King Arthur's round table, and we all have a seat. And we are not fighting for a seat at the table with Christ. We are sitting at a seat with all the other Christians in history. Mm -hmm. And we are looking at the King, and we are listening for instructions from Him, and we are all about doing kingdom work. Mm -hmm. And because we have our own seat, we have people to the left and to the right. And I can look at Myra in her seat, and think, man, I am so genuinely thankful for what God is doing in her life through her gifts that he has given her uniquely through her spheres of influence. And I can genuinely be happy because I don't have to have her seat. My seat is my own seat. And I have my own unique abilities from the Lord and I have my spheres of influence. And so we can genuinely be linked arms, you know, yes. at the table on a mission together. Yes. Rather than comparison. And I cannot tell you, I may have bought this for all of my friends. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many times that you know, we'll message each other and be like, remember, you're seated with Christ. You're seated with Christ and your seat is good.
0: Yes. And you're not
1: fighting for a seat. God has already given you the seat.
0: Absolutely. That's a game changer. It is. It totally is a game changer. And there's a quote in seated with Christ where Heather says, when we are seated in Christ, we know that we are with God and everything he has is ours. Therefore, we celebrate the lavish love that Jesus pours out on others. It does not take away from the lavish love we experience of Jesus ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's part of the beautiful picture of being adopted into God's family, that what he has is given to us. When we are Brought into his family, we are made heirs. And Paul goes on to mention that in chapter eight, mm-hmm. our status is fully child of God. So, what he has available is given to us. And that gives us hope of heaven. Mm. That gives us access right now on this side of heaven to his spirit, to fight sin, to have joy, to have right relationship with other people. It changes everything. It does. Well, there are so many more aspects to this identity truth as adopted into God's family that I wish we had time to keep talking about and unpacking. But for today, I will close us in prayer. And we look forward to having all of you join us and listening in on our next episode. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you so much for adopting us. Thank you that this is true, that we are your children welcomed into your family, beloved, given access to all of the amazing treasures and riches that belong to you, God, including your amazing spirit that equips us to remember to believe these truths about ourselves and that empowers us to live them out in the world around us. Thank you for the gift of your family. Thank you that we can walk alongside of brothers and sisters and live out this gospel mission together, set free, all because of who you are and what you've done in Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in your name, amen.